What is going on, everybody? This is Pam with 2200 Taps. You guys, I have interviewed a lot of people. And if you know me, I like to get really intimate with, with my guests. We talk about some really hard things. And for some reason, it's just been on my heart to interview this one guest that I literally, I don't know how I'm going to get through this episode, but between um, the mission, my passion, and the strength that that I've, I've gotten from all my listeners, from all my friends, I think we can make this happen. So without going into... Uh, Without going sideways too much about what this episode is going to be about, I just want to get right to it. My guest today is a woman that without her, I physically would not even be here today. And I am talking about none other than my own hero, my mom. Hey, mom. Well, well hello, my darling child. Oh, <laughs> uh, Guys, I mean, this is pretty... Uh, uh, a little nerve-wracking on my end, but I'm, you know, she's given me a lot of strength. She's taught me how to push through some of the the uncomfortable stuff, but I have all the faith in the world that between she and I, we're going to get through this episode together. And if you have been following this podcast, you will know that I talk a lot about her in my own personal story back in season one, episode three. And I am just blessed that she agreed to be on this episode because her story Everybody's story, everybody that's been here, it's been amazing and beautiful to listen to. But her story, I lived it with her. I lived a good portion of it with her, I should say. And, um, Mom, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, my darling Pam. <laughs> it's an honor to be part of this uh, opportunity, to have this opportunity to partake in something that you are very passionate about. Of course. Well, and for those of y'all listening, I am doing a Google Hangout with my mom, and I've actually been doing Google Hangouts with my guests uh, for these telephone interviews because it helps me get even more uh, intimate with my guests because I can see them. I can see their reactions. I can really just feel it, and it really helps take this uh, to a whole new level that I'm really starting to like. So I just want to get started. Uh, mom, for <laughs> I know her as mom, but her name is Belinda. And she is a rock star among rock stars. And, uh, yeah. So I just, I want to get started. So, Mom, when, if you could tell my listeners a little bit about your background, I really want to capture what it was that you went through that made you who you are today. Because I know what you went through. And if I tried to share it with somebody, it, it won't have the same effect as opposed to coming directly from you. So we'll just get started. You know what your upbringing looked like. And uh, when I came along, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but you take us on this ride, and I will happily just sit back and, and listen to everything you got to say. Well, let me begin with giving you a little scenario of my background in terms of how, how many members were there in my family. Uh, my father was military retire. My mom was the homemaker. And I grew up in a home where there was uh, when my brother, who was eight years older than me. There was a little girl between my brother and I, but unfortunately she passed away. Um, 
and she's buried in Alexandria, Virginia. The reason I say that is because I believe it had a lot to do with how my mother was with me as the only girl. And being that my dad was a man that he always wanted a little girl. She lost a little girl, and then here I come along. Uh, so growing up eight years apart from my older brother already was a bit of a challenge. Uh, I remember as far back as being about five years old, and one of their favorite things was to tell me that my father uh, was not my dad or that my mother was not my mother. Uh, because I have very curly hair, so they would tell me, oh, uh, your either parent was black. And and the reason I say that, and to some people it, it sounds funny, uh, but when you have your sibling telling you and your mother agreeing and it hurts you to the depth of your heart to where you're crying inconsolably, and this happens more than once, uh, now that I'm 54, I realized that that's where the bullying actually began. I did not know that. And that affected me all the way growing up. Uh, How old were you when, when that started? That began, from my re recollection, it began at about when I was, I was about five years old, heading, um, you know, it, heading to the elementary age. Now, in elementary, my first year in elementary, and this was in the first grade, I was an October baby. And, uh, you know, years and years ago, uh, we didn't have the pre-K and the kindergarten type of thing as much. And I went to a private school. So my first year of schooling was first grade private school. And the reason that's important is because of in therapy, I realized that during that time, my anxiety began, and here is why. I would go to school, and I would, um, I would cry like any normal child when they're being left for the first time. The problem was that instead of being consoled and, and reassured that mom is coming back, uh, instead I would get things like, if you don't be quiet, I'm not coming for you. So, of course, the, the crying not only began that school year, but it continued. It got real bad. I would stand at the window and I would do my fingers like three o'clock and, and just pray that my mom would come. But I would cry every day. And after that, and this I realized it in therapy, after that, I started to have issues with my stomach. If we were going out of town, the first thing out of me was my stomach hurt. Anytime we were going out of town, especially, my stomach hurt, my stomach hurt. Uh, I was taken to doctors. There was nothing wrong with me physically. Um, but again, it was the therapy or anything like that was not quite as um, understood. Uh, that sometimes it, it's needed. In fact, um, growing up with my mom, it's just if you're crazy, that's when you have therapy. In my case, it was, um, I realize now that it was anxiety. 
because yes, it would go away pretty quick. And um, the sad part is that up until about uh, two, three years ago, it I started to do better, even though I still suffer from, if we're going out of town, here I am, 54, I sometimes get anxiety. But with therapy, I have learned to work with it and push forward and still do. Um, but it began at, at, that, at that age. And um, I would get threatened that I was going to get spanked, of course, uh, and mainly that I was not going to get picked up. And that's at first grade. And I remember it vividly, very vividly. Um, one of the good things that, that was very, very extremely helpful to me was I loved music. So at a very young age, I started to do ballet. I did tap. And then I got into florgorico dancing. And, uh, and it went on. I, I was blessed in that aspect that my mother did see it. My dad supported it. And um, I started my dancing. I loved it. I still do today. I love dancing. And um, so I, my goodness, I had pan dancing Florigorico. Hey, now. For those of you that hey never now. knew that. No, this ain't about me. This yes. is about you. <laughs> well, I know. It's just a side <laughs> note. Imagine her in a ballerina suit, little outfit. That's exactly the way, what I was I trying to avoid, here. guys. Yeah, I was in a tutu yeah. at 12 years old. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, but my point is that was my avenue of uh, releasing my, my stress. Now, one of the things that I developed was I would actually go into my room and I would stay there. I would listen to music and actually practice. My dancing, the whole family thought I was crazy, but that was my way of dealing with it. And the reason I say that is growing up, uh, my brother continued his bullying in different ways. Like how? Like what, um, what did that look like? Uh, well, being that he was eight years older than I, he he did. I remember some of the difficult things that he went he went through. But being that I witnessed them, um, the violent temper and uh, yeah. the uh, the verbal the verbal abuse, the what I call colorful language mm -hmm. uh, that would be used, uh, and sometimes if I could just be passing by, if he was angry, I would get uh, I would get a brunt of, of that. So you and I grew to be. You didn't even have I grew very You didn't scared. have to necessarily be doing anything wrong. You were just there and he no, would just go I to town on you. To. No, I didn't have to. It would just be sometimes just me passing because I lived there um that he would literally get about 5 inches from my face and and tell me things. What would he tell uh, you specifically? Like what what help my listeners understand like what would he tell what would he say? Well, and feel free to, I mean, there's I no filter here. Thought, so. oh, okay. Well, one of his favorites was that I thought that my shit didn't stink. Hmm. Um, and I thought I was too good. Um, things like that. Now, that was before Pamela was born. Please keep in mind that I, I grew up very sheltered. 
I really didn't go out and I had, even though on each side of my home, uh, in our neighborhood, there were girls my age. I was never really allowed to, to go and play and get to know them. Uh, so, uh, we weren't close at all. So being that I was very sheltered, um, the first person that I thought liked me and I liked him. And of course they, they say all these nice things to you that, that you don't realize. I mean, I was 15. Um, so I fell for it, but my blessing was my Pamela. And so I had Pam. I was lucky that my mom and dad allowed me to still live in the house. So Pam was raised in a home where it was grandma, grandpa, mom, and, and, and of course her. And, um, and that was, that was not a bad thing because Mm -hmm. at least we had a roof over our head. The tough part were the things that I would be told. My mom was very aggressive, very assertive. It was her way or the highway. And if it wasn't her way, she would be very dramatic. Drama. I'll give you an example. Um, I was, and again, I go back to when I was five. My mom put a knife to her stomach, threatened to kill herself. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing right next to my father. And, of course, he's telling her, please don't do that. He was always so kind and and, um, caring. Definitely not aggressive. He was so not polar opposite from her. He was so oh, opposite. Yes. Oh yes, kind and gentle. Um, and but he would do things like go into the um, to the bathroom with pills, and then all of a sudden, after a while, she had the door locked. She wouldn't answer. So of course, and I'm witnessing all of this because my dad's thinking. How do I get in there? Did she take them? Was I alive and when so this happened, was, or was this before? No, this was definitely before. I'm I'm still talking. I kind of jumped a bit, and I'm sorry for that. No, you're good. But I had you're to good. go to go back. Yeah. To uh, I felt to give a little scenario of what my mom was like. Yeah. And then come back to with you. Um, he would have to break in, of course, in the restroom. No, she did not take anything. Very dramatic. I think Pam even remember the times that she would sleep either in the car or walk from the good old naval base actually, 12 miles away from the house. Actually, it's funny that you're saying that he had to break into the to the bathroom because he's the one that taught me how to break into the bathroom when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> he that, had a lot of makes, practice that right makes here. Sense. I will tell you that. That makes total sense. Uh, do you remember when she would sleep in the vehicle because she was angry? Mom. And a couple of times she would walk in and she had like laryngitis or something. And we're just looking at her like, why? <laughs> anyway, point to my story was, yes, the drama, oh, the drama man. was there. Well, she had her drama. My brother had his drama, mm-hmm. but his included hitting. Yeah. And the verbal abuse part. Mm-hmm. But now let me take you to when my dear darling Pam came along. I was blessed that I, this is the good stuff. So (laughs) Pamela was born and um, she became the apple of my father's eye. Even though he had two other granddaughters, Pamela was like his. 
And it so was for grandma. <laughs> so she was like there. So if I would say no to Pam, they would say, or grandma, yes. Uh, and so that was a bit of a fight. But when my brother was around, one of his favorite things to basically tell me was that I was a bitch, a slut, or a whore. And, yeah. of course, those are things that were very difficult uh, growing up. I graduated midterm in high school. I did go to school when I was pregnant, and I had to deal with people putting things in my locker, such as um, stapled condoms on an, I remember, um, an index card with a, an ugly note on really? there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and real uh, quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, Mom. Guys, I am actually learning about this for the first time, and I've, I've given my mom permission to say things that maybe she hasn't yet to me. Um, and I'm totally cool with that. And if you hear my reaction, it is definitely the first time. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I feel like kicking somebody's yeah, ass right definitely, now. <laughs> this was definitely in high school. Um, you know, I did have very, very few friends. Again, I was not one because I was always very sheltered at home. Mm-hmm. I, I did not have many friends. And uh, I always had this stomach issue. So I did not know how to deal with that. Hmm. But but most importantly, um, so I get out of high school and then, um, I'm sorry, I got out midterm. And that was, by the way, my 11th grade year. I was pregnant my whole 11th grade year. Uh, Pam was born in July. I went back to school and I was there only half a year. So I was one of the midterm graduates, and then I began going to Del Mar Junior College, which is just a junior college. I wanted to to do something for myself. Uh, I will say this. I did get a lot of support from my parents, always telling me that my education was not for me anymore, but that it was for Pam. My dad always said, if there's anything that no one can take from you is your education. People can steal everything, including take your life, but not your knowledge. Uh, my mom, as challenging as she could be, she was very supportive and encouraging for that. Um, so I, I did start there. I even started a clerical program where I learned my 10 key by touch. And I thought, woohoo! Maybe I can be a, you know, an executive secretary. <laughs> I had no clue. So <laughs> well, you were 16. I did that program. <laughs> I did that program. And then I saw, well, geez, I could continue. And I did. So I did my two years. I got a clerical certificate. And then I did two years there at the junior college. And then I realized I could transfer into the college. Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, Pamela's growing up. Mm-hmm. And any of you that know Pam, uh, all I can say was <laughs> she was a very active little girl. She was not one for dresses. Uh, I'm still not. She was, he, he, <laughs> no. Uh, she would have uh, her ruffles. Well, she'd come with her little ruffles coming off her dress because she was climbing trees. Mm-hmm. 
So I had a very busy, active little girl. And in the midst of that, so what? why do I say that? Well, let me tell you why. Oh, no. Okay, Rebecca. I had very good advice <laughs> given to me. I started working as a paraprofessional uh, with the school district. And I met a very kind, gentle person named Mr. Gilcrease. He was our science teacher. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can see Pam as very active. And I recommend, he said, I raised four. I recommend you keep her busy in athletics. Mm -hmm. Help her find what she likes. Mm -hmm. So the kid did tennis, kickball, basketball, until finally softball. But in the middle of all of that, I was a paraprofessional, and I was going to school at night now because I decided to transfer into the university mm -hmm. in Corpus Christi. And mind you, we're so still I'm living working. at home. We're still living with Grandma yeah, Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Understand. We are still at mm -hmm. home. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and... I was going to school at night, working during the day. I think I was earning them. Uh, I saw a check stuff not too long ago and all of my crazy stuff. And I was clearing like $800 a month. And oh. as a paraprofessional, unfortunately, my hat off to all those secretaries and school districts. I yeah. wish they would earn more, but unfortunately, that's brutal. They don't. You can't. You so, can't really survive off of that right now. No. So I spent seven years as a tutor, as a paraprofessional. I was tutoring all the little kids from different countries. It was called English as a Second Language Program. Really? And uh, yeah. Hmm. And during that time, I was able to earn my bachelor's degree. And uh, it was still during that time, and yes, I lived at home. Imagine mm -hmm. this, an 1,100-square-foot home, three bedrooms, one bathroom. We had 10 people living in that house. Typical Mexican household. <laughs> good old, yes. So we had Grandma Grandpa had their bedroom. Oh, man. Miss Pamela and I had our bedroom. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately... Because of circumstance, my brother, his wife, and his two daughters lived in our house. Four, five, six, now, seven, already, eight. I've already shared with you that, unfortunately, he had a bad temper. He was physically and verbally an abusive person. Yeah. And I do recall, and I think Pam recalls, the one time that um, he came back and started arguing with me about something, and the next thing you know... I get slapped mm -hmm. uh, several times. I remember he came after and, you um, vi yeah. vividly. He came. He was coming after you from the living room to our room, and Grandpa was holding him back in the doorway. I remember that because I was tying, right. I was tying my shoes, and I was I must have been right. like six, like five or six years old. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I, and that. keep in mind, fifteen, sixteen when Pam was born, she's six. I'm already I'm only twenty one. Yeah, you're still point. a baby. You know, so, uh, and of course, all the, the the verbiage that he loved to share with me. Yeah. Um, now, he, for some reason, my education would always get thrown at me. But I still went to school at night. 
and I was able to finish my schooling. Uh, it took me 13 years to get my bachelor's degree, and uh, I finished it, and then I started working as a teacher, and uh, still keeping Pam busy mm-hmm. as much as I could. And then from there, I continued at the university, but then now I'm working on my master's degree. Mm -hmm. I am still living at home because now whatever extra income I could get, I needed it for, let me see, someone I remember, she got a $125 Lisa Fernandez bat. Do you remember that? Don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No idea who or what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, my little girl. Yeah, no. See, I have to keep her busy. I, you know, in the meantime, now, luckily, grandma, grandpa would take her and bring her. And, oh, grandma was always at the games because, like I said, grandma (laughs) was, Pamela was her pride and joy. And don't, she loved them all. Oh yeah, and don't and don't get me wrong. Like my my, but I don't want to make this make it sound like my grandma's a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore her, and God rest her soul. Of I, course, I still adore her and I love her. But yes, grandma was what you would call a bitch. Pardon my French, but yeah. she legit was like yeah. that Mexican woman that would tear your head off in a heartbeat. Um, but she loved me. Yeah, and. And yeah, she did. She, she loved all her grandkids. And, and yeah, the only thing was that when Pamela misbehaved, she became suddenly my daughter. But if Pamela <laughs> behaved and, and old, they I were telling nervous. her how well she played. Oh, she would just take it in. <laughs> uh, Grandma had a lot of good in her. Yes. But the moment that she would start in with telling, you know, this is she would not give you opinions. She would say that her opinions were facts. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what people are thinking. So I grew up, she's always telling me, people are going to think this or that of you. Mm-hmm. I heard that since I can remember. It was up until, God bless America. Pam was already older and I was older that I realized, guess what? Mom doesn't know what everybody thinks. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, there is a difference between facts and opinion. Opinion. And so we were always at odds with that, mm-hmm. she and I. Um, but, you know, I did get to, I mean, I remember going to the field to watch Pam play, and I would take homework with me to mm-hmm. try and do it over there. Yeah. And then there were a couple of times, I don't know if you remember this, Pam. What? Uh, you had to go with me to the university and sit with me in the classroom because I didn't have anyone to watch her. I remember being your little pal. I remember doing all sorts of stuff yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. We were single mom. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. my dad was not in the picture. And if you really want to know no. more about that, go to season one, episode three. And I really talk about all that stuff. So, um, and why he wasn't around. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was your little sidekick for the longest time. I remember that. Oh, yeah. And then Pam started playing the guitar. <clears> and... Uh, and I was became became part of a musical group where I sang and I danced. Mm-hmm. And Pam became part of that group. <laughs> By was default. In the Remember? <laughs> I was like what thirteen or fourteen playing the guitar. 
In a I think skirt. And I have pictures. In a skirt. I have pictures. Which is why it didn't last long. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, when she says that she was, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. So even now, we're, we're like good friends. Um, we don't try to cross each other's, you know, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of what she's doing, despite all the craziness. Uh, I did manage after I finished. It took me 13 years for that bachelor's, and then it took me about another two and a half, and I got the master's degree. So now I am working as a teacher. But because I wanted to be able to give Pam opportunities, I remained living at home. Mm-hmm. And here I was in my 30s, and I'm still living at home. But being that Pam was so active, I wanted to have enough money for her to partake in so many different things that she did, like softball, the police explorers. Um, do you remember your first car? I was able to buy you. Mm. Remember your black car? Oh, yeah. My Sunfire. Your Sunfire. Sunfire. So <laughs> I, Such a I felt good car. because I was able to do that for her. But I'm going to tell you, through that time, it wasn't without difficulty. My brother, like I said, he did move out of the house. But if he would get upset with someone and I was around, I would get it. Mm-hmm. And... It got to where my education, in his view, was looked at almost as a negative. Uh, And that in itself, you know, that's probably another story. But I'm now able to see it as memory. Mm -hmm. Um, Earlier on, I I said to you all that, you know, I was the, the baby of the family which should have been three, the middle child would have been a little girl, be it born before me. And I remember watching Dr. Phil one day, and I realized um, it was what he said to his guests fit me perfectly. And it was that the middle child, being that it was the same gender, in this case, me, girl, my sister, my mother gave me a hard time because she always felt that why was I here? Her daughter, her youngest daughter here, but not her middle daughter. Mm -hmm. And it made so much sense. I remember crying my heart out. And then years later, I'm not sure this was before I realized that, But I remember you took me, Pam, to Maryland, and we went to Washington, Mm -hmm. um, remember? And you took me to go see. No one had visited my sister's grave in Alexandria, Virginia, but Pam did. I, yeah. Pam took me. Let me lead lead up to what you're about to say, because it's really cool. Um, Uh I was stationed in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, in the Coast Guard at the time. I knew she was buried out in Alexandria. Didn't know where. Finally, you know, found the the um, the cemetery. Found somebody that worked there. I'm like, where are the babies located? And he kind of pointed me in the direction. And after walking around a good bit, I found her headstone. 
I'm like, dude, this is perfect. So when mom and uh, my stepdad came to visit me, I wanted to surprise my mom in a way that I was like, this is going to be really cool. So uh, I I took her to the cemetery and yeah, so go ahead. Well, um, you get you wait you send me in a little goose chase, you wild goose chase. Like, could I find her? And I did. Mm-hmm. But when I found her, it, it was the strangest feeling. I remember crying so much, mm-hmm. um, and I remember, I rem- It was like if it had her passing had just happened. Yeah. Um. And, um, that I had known her, which I didn't. Um, and then I remember telling Pam and, and my own husband, what would my life have been like had she been born? And it, it's amazing to think that that event took a toll and took a change on my life, but it did on my mom. Mm-hmm. I will say this, because of that, I understood what my mom went through. Um, or shall I say, I understood the way she was with me. Mm-hmm. And I have developed so much peace. Unfortunately, she's passed on. My brother has passed. And, of course, my father has passed. So in the little family that I grew up in, I'm the only one left. And that feels kind of funny. But then I look around me. I have been blessed with a wonderful husband, a superstar for a daughter. Oh, yeah. Who continues to to grow and, and learn and even show me things, too. But biggest of all, I believe all my experiences that I did experience, even though they were hard at times, they were rough, it made me who I am today. And for that, I thank God for. And I thank God for my blessing. Um, so in my heart, there is a lot of peace. I had to do something that was difficult. My mother was a difficult person. And I had to leave town once I got married. Uh, my husband had an opportunity to, to move out, move to the woodlands. Remember, Pam? Yeah. yeah. And Grandpa was sick. And uh, he was concerned about that. And I told him, if Grandpa knew and understood, he would tell me, be with your husband. I was about I was about 40 now and I left but then it was amazing it was like I could breathe Mm -hmm. and to this day I I don't like Corpus Christi (laughs) me neither I I love it as my hometown I always will I don't Mm -hmm. I don't really care to ever go back I I don't Mm -hmm. I honestly I don't um I don't want to um, but I am at peace with what happened, the many times, the things I was told. For some reason, I just have a big peace in my heart. And I owe it, I guess, 
in my heart, I owe it all to the Lord, to my faith, mm-hmm. to my supportive husband and daughter, and um, and the therapy that I've gained, that I've gone through. I was just going to hit on that real but quick. It was, but it was what? Uh-huh. Sorry, Ma, go ahead. But it was difficult because I did not leave my house till I was 35. And that was the day that I got married. Wow. I lived with Grandma and Grandpa. Because I always wanted to have enough to be able to give to you. And I don't regret any of that. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. I'm so going to cry right now. (laughs) I was doing good until now. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Be sorry. I love you. I know. Oh, God. Where's my tissues? What is this water coming out of my eyeballs? Um, I kind of want to... I kind of want to highlight something that you kind of touched upon. But um, I think it's important for the listeners out there is... You said you went to therapy. Yes. What... At what point did you did you decide I, I can't take this anymore? I need help. Do you remember that? Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I was still and, and please keep in mind what I said earlier that I that started when I was five years old that anxiety the all of a sudden my stomach hurt that continued mm. that continued and I never knew what was going on. And then after I'm, I'm married now and uh, it, it was getting really bad and I was losing a lot of weight. Your anxiety? I'm 5'2 and I was weighing about 92 pounds. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. I so that. I go to the doctor and I'm telling him by now what's happening is my dad's starting to get sick. And many times it was go to the hospital to see him uh, in the emergency room, things of that nature. But then my mom starts to tell me that because I'm the girl, I am expected to do certain things. Um, So here I am in the doctor's office. I'm crying my heart out. I'm explaining to him that my dad had been sick. My mom is, is telling me that I need to just, basically be there all the time whatever they say be there and he explained to me he said uh he said you need some it's anxiety after i tell him the symptoms and he said i'm going to give you some medicine but the medicine alone will not help you you need to go to therapy and i got in connection with a very beautiful it was a lady Sue Beavers is what I remember. And I started, she started working with me. That was in Corpus. Um, And it really started to help. My appetite started to increase. I started to to put on some weight. I got married weighing 100 pounds. (laughs) A lot of girls, us girls remember that. And then things happen, right? So, yeah, things happen for me, too. I started to eat better. I think I was weighing about 127 when we left Corpus and yeah. we moved to the Woodlands. I continued therapy there. Very nice man, uh, therapist there. 
I even went to a weekend with Pathways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mom, I, and I signed remember her up. Doing the, I signed her up. Yep, I went. And uh, but through everything, I never stopped going to church and and having that faith in our Lord as deep as I've got it. And I must say that through the years, I have not only learned how to work when I start to feel the anxiety. I still have to take my medicine, though. Um, But I feel so much better. Uh, I have put on weight to the point where I need to be on a diet. Okay, I'm not obese. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay. I just find it funny that when we go through therapy, like the weight starts coming back and we're so happy Mm -hmm. and then we're just like, oh, shit, I must be really happy. I might be about five or ten pounds over (laughs) because I'm the same way. (laughs) It's amazing how you can correlate Mm -hmm. your healthy weight to happiness. Yeah. And then it and then your 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 sadness, careful. you go through something difficult and you lose weight mm-hmm. because our appetite changes. In my case, it was that anxiety. But it took me nearly forty years before I I had an answer. Yeah. And and then I'm sitting in the therapist's office and I have this sudden jolt in realization that my anxiety started when I was at five year old going to the first grade and that my mom would tell me, if you don't stop crying, I'm not going to pick you up. And it didn't happen once. It happened all year. And after crying every day, I think that's what did it. In fact, I know that's what did it. So having that realization now, or let me back up that moment that that aha moment, we like to call them when you realize Uh that, did you feel like the weight just lifted off in that moment because you actually understood why or how it was affecting you and where it came from? Yes. And that was the same thing I felt when I was listening to Dr. Phil tell his guests that the reason he was so hard on his little boy was because of the little boy that he had lost before him and realizing that was why my poor mom was hard on me. And it's amazing. Now I have had relatives tell me that. They always wondered why was she so hard on me. But I'm thankful because I don't have any kind of anger. I'm not angry at her. It's like it happened. Mm-hmm. It made me who I am. I thank God for who I am and for my blessings because I don't want to live in regret and not be happy. I want to look forward to tomorrow. I want to be happy now. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, and that, there's nothing wrong me, with that. And again, I say, whatever events we go through, that's what makes us who we are. And uh, so if that was what I had to go through, then thank you, Lord. And I want to I want to highlight something on that more specifically because this is something I've learned from you, guys. You guys ever had like your kids or somebody like, man, should I do that? And you're like, don't do it, don't do it, because you know you've already been there, done that, and you already know what could potentially happen. <laughs> I've I have 
<laughs> I don't know where this is going to go, but we're going to go there. There have okay. been many instances where I've like, I'm like, mom, like, should I do this? Should I, you know, she's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, okay. And what she does is she lets me make my own decision. And if I fall, if I fail, like not once has she ever said, I told you so. What she's always said though, what she's always asked, did you learn something from it? And I'm like, yes. And I find, yep. yeah, and I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. Um, to sit back and, and I tell people this, I'm like, usually like if, if she knows I'm not going to hurt myself or somebody, she'll let me fall flat on my ass, you know? And as long as I learn something <laughs> from it, like, I still don't know how, I don't know where you got that from. It's just amazing. It just amazes um, me. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, when I said earlier that my dad was not an aggressive man, my dad was a man that I could sit and I could talk to. And he was always that way. He would say, hey, my mother would fuss. What? We haven't heard from, from your son. You don't care about him. And my dad would just tell her, oh, I care about him, but if he needs me, he knows my number and he knows my address. <laughs> and that's it. And she, because she was different. She yeah. was different. She wanted, she would instigate. She would go and find out. And <laughs> and she wanted to know all the different things going on. Mm -hmm. My dad was different. And growing up, I think I learned that from him. I got a lot of his character, of course. I get told that whenever I say, let me tell you one thing, that's grandma's side. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I believe this, and I tell Pam this. Pam many times will ask, Mom, what do you think about, and ask me the question. I always tell her, respect what I say. Let me finish my response. At the end, you are going to make a decision. And I will respect your decision. Mm -hmm. But just let me finish talking when it is that, you know, I'm going to give my, my answer to her question. And, uh, and yeah, I, I believe in that. Um, my husband's a little different. He wants to save everybody, <laughs> and he, he has a hard time with that. Now, let's... I'm like... There's a reason he, behind that. He, yeah. Which is another probably podcast with Pam. Oh, but, yeah. But um, but me, it's like if she needs me, she's going to tell me. If she's going to ask me for my opinion, I will give it to her. If she goes a different direction than what I said, it's okay. It's okay. And like she said earlier, as long as I know she's not hurting anybody else, there's no drugs or yeah. alcohol abuse or anything like that. And it's okay to make mistakes. We learn from them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always ask the question, mm -hmm. what did you learn? Because honestly, I'm still learning because I still make my own mistakes. Yeah. So I want to uh, bring up one last thing before we wrap up real quick. You touched on your husband just a tad bit right there. Um, uh -huh. I... Uh, <laughs> So the reason I, I'm kind of chuckling is I find it ironic 
that Mm -hmm. you grew up in such a controlling environment, it caused you so much anxiety. And then, but then you meet the love of your life who was a police officer at the time (laughs) who needed to have control because that's what he knew. He had to have it as a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I again, I'm chuckling not because I'm I'm making fun of him because I absolutely love him and adore him, and we are in such a good place than when we were when we first met, which is another topic for another podcast. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is he was a chief of police for a little while for Magnolia, Texas, which is why you guys went up to the Woodlands, and now he's he's retired. Um, however, he's still in a pretty important role when it comes to, um, security and all that stuff down there in San Antonio. And Mm -hmm. I just want, I just, I don't know how you were able to go from this quiet little girl who didn't have a voice. (laughs) Guys, she just did not have a voice. Like I, I remember being little wanting to protect her because I just, she didn't have a voice and I found mine really early on, uh, because of it. But if you meet my mom today, you would never, you you could never imagine that, because let me tell you one thing, <laughs> she <laughs> grandma grandma, she will absolutely go toe to toe with anybody, not in a disrespectful way, but she will absolutely tell you how she's feeling, and one of the people that I feel that's really helped her through that is her husband, um, not because he yeah. is a police officer, but. Mom's had to, you know, they've had to really talk through some hard stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, I feel like he's been really good for you, like for so many different reasons. I have to tell you this, growing up in that household, one of the things I was always told basically was what I said didn't matter or my, my feelings didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I was always told, be quiet, shut up. You don't know what you're saying. Um, so Yeah. I, I was very quiet. Now, I will say this, um, being that I was always in the dancing and the singing, once I started to sing, it really helped me. Think about it. That's my voice mm-hmm. that people are hearing, but it's mu- musically. Um, and then teaching. I have always taught middle school and high school, and it, it, there's never a dull moment. And I will, I have to say this because it's important. When you touched on Mango being a policeman, after, after so many years of dealing with that aggressive personality that grandma had, mm-hmm. assertiveness, my way or the highway, my brother, he was my, my bully. I knew he was, I mean, literally like three or four years ago, I stood there and I, we were talking about bullying and I looked at my husband and I said, my brother was my bully. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like, you just realized that? (laughs) Well, I got to tell you a funny, cute story on this one. Mm -hmm. So I go and I meet a law enforcement officer and that's who I marry. Okay. (laughs) We were married a couple of months and we had all gone to a restaurant and your uncle was sitting in front of my husband Okay. Oh boy. And he started in on me like he normally did. And all my husband did was give him that eat shit and die look. <laughs> and I have to tell you guys, it took him 
three seconds to get my brother off my back. When grandpa, poor grandpa, and grandma too, uh, they couldn't do it in 35 years. Yeah. That's amazing. I never That's got amazing. bullied again. Mm-mm. It was amazing. <laughs> and to this day, he remembers it. Mingo remembers it. And, uh, you know, so am I protected? Yeah. I think I am. <laughs> but I have learned, because he's always told me, you need to speak. And now, sometimes, I mean, we love to have parties at the house, and we sing here, we dance. You would never think that's me. In fact, we have some of Mingo's, my husband's family members that have come around, and they say, you guys are so different when you're with your friends than when you're with your family. <laughs> We're oh, very quiet. Yeah. yeah Not with our friends, though. It's so, we have a lot of it's so night and day from when I remember us, you more specifically, when we were growing up together to where you are mm-hmm. now. It's so night and day, guys. And it's because I feel it's because you you decided to make a choice to do different by going to therapy and really working on some of this stuff that 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 really holds us back that keeps us stuck in the mud in those ruts and we're just like because at the end of the day we want to know why people treat us the way they do and sometimes we won't get that answer from them but then we don't want to go get help to try to find it so we're stuck but whether you're watching it like she said a dr phil show or you go to therapy and it just takes an hour where it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh you know when you get that uh uh-huh moment it's just like it makes sense. It doesn't mean what they did to you is right, but it does make sense so that you can be free from it. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And that's really cool. It, 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 and, and it's amazing. We do. And we also learn from each other mm-hmm. uh, because I am a lot more outgoing now or and not outgoing to the maximum. Cause I will tell you with this, with this uh, COVID thing going on, I'm having to do lessons from distance learning, and I love it. I love being home. Well, okay? my, you're such an but, introvert. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But um, we do, my husband and I, we love our friends, and, and we call them. We do FaceTime, and it, it just feels good to, to talk and socialize. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, it, it wasn't. It wasn't really big. I didn't have many friends hmm. before I got married. Oh, you've got you've got a you've got quite a few that um, I know I can count on one hand that have always been there and continue to be there for sure. Um, oh yeah, and it's it's really cool to see that. Uh, so before we wrap up, can you enlighten me real quick? Sure, I'm gonna put you on the spot. So. What? For those that don't know, I've I've said it before, and you've said it a few times. You're an incredible singer. Uh-oh, her eyes just got really big. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. Mom sings one of my most favorite songs ever, a cappella. And I know we're on the telephone. But could you just give me a little serenade and sing Ave Maria? Just a little bit of it, maybe the first. Just a little course, bit, huh? First course or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I can pull that off. I hope. Do you need Please a warmer voice? Please excuse me, because this is. 
I didn't get to do any of that, and I honestly did not know. But when I see you, I'm going to get you, girl. <laughs> well, I'm not a singer. Well, here, here's, uh-huh. But I'll play you Okay, well, here is, here is my version of that, and let's pray it comes out okay. Ready? It's going to be fine. my darling child well i hope to get uh, a real version a real recording of that a clean recording of that um mm-hmm. but that where i get a little bit more uh <clears throat> time to warm up and yes. practice and yes. okay not just yeah thank you my dear you're welcome mm-hmm. and, and and just so you okay. know we don't use autotune in this family we don't believe in that stuff <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank oh, you're you welcome. so very much. Um, Thank you for sharing this opportunity with me, giving it to me. Of course. Of course. I like how it was more like a, like you were storytelling. It's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I would be crying, but I think the peace in my heart has enabled me to just talk about it. No, I'm the one that was crying. I, didn't, I wasn't even expecting me to cry. <laughs> But but that's how it rolls, right? This is raw and uncensored, so what happens, happens. That's right. But guys, if you enjoyed okay. this um, this episode, you know, we are all about being raw and censored, real, and, you know, talking about the hard stuff, but highlighting how people have been able to overcome it. And I'm just blessed that today I was able to do that with my own, my, my own hero, with my mom. And... Um, yeah, you guys stick with us because we're going to keep going. And it, it, it seems like this season's going to be all about the people that are very close to me, very intimately close to me. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. And in the meantime, you guys check us out. Get caught up on the season, seasons one, two, and three. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can find me at 2200taps.com. If you guys want to be a guest or you know somebody who has a crazy story that you would love for them to share, email me at 22, uh, go to 2200taps.com. Get in contact with us, subscribe, and we will see y'all later.